from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. As many of you know, because, hey, you're here with us every week live on YouTube.com slash Utini. Or, as we discovered at our Star Wars Celebration, some of y'all listen in your earbuds or, you know, your vehicles and are not here live in the chat, which is awesome and also kind of weird because we're getting so used to the, the live show thing, as many of you know, regardless of how you watch the show. I went through a big move, moved from Massachusetts to Arkansas earlier in the year, and the house that we purchased had a huge above-ground pool in the backyard. We tried to finagle the deal to get the pool hauled away, and we failed, and we acquired a massive mosquito breeding ground. <laughs> Not just mosquito breeding ground, also frog breeding ground. Mm-hmm. What a biology it, there was lesson! So many. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Christian. I believe in science. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, uh, for the record. But uh, there was <laughs> so many mosquitoes that the frogs couldn't even keep up with them. The mosquitoes would just like swarm around the frogs, and they were like, "Croak!" You know, do they just talk to each other? Yeah. So finally, we. <laughs> It, it was cross. y'all ever had a project that was so incredibly big in front of you that you couldn't and, and you knew like if you just started it it would be okay and you could get it done like a one day at a time like a you, you Not, just okay couldn't get started on the project just like absolute paralysis sure. yeah that's, like every writing that's, assignment ever yeah that's what this was i would just oh, look fun. at this mosquito infestation and i would just be like nope and walk back inside right mm. there's so a fish in there finally <laughs> we did it we drained the pool my wife and i got in there with push brooms and pushed the rest of the muck out i mean we're talking about this place made dagobah look like uh, that planet where bigs oh. and porkins go on vacation and the canon oh. common <laughs> comics you know like the with the Loch Ness monster it's it made it look like a paradise yeah, yeah. all right mm-hmm. uh, Chandrala Mon, Mon Calamari I don't know other planets with beaches imperial <laughs> imperial sanitized yeah so as Skuma Joe says in the chat Jared's out here with a Nala tree frog habitat in his backyard <laughs> they're a delicacy out here very true and true. so we cleaned it out it's crystal clear it took us like 10 days of hard work and by that, I mean, mostly my wife. I did some. And we got it up to speed. We're out there swimming the other day, finally enjoying the fruit of our labor. And you know what you can't really do in the pool? Like play on your phone. Mm. So I'm out there with my kids. And I'm like, I guess I have to talk to you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh so we just kind of cycled. Interaction. We just kind of cycled through list of favorites, right? All right, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite animal? My daughter's is a unicorn, by the way. Proceeded mm. to explain to her, I don't believe in unicorns. Um, can see her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're not no the Bible, science, they don't no unicorns. That's right. So <laughs> next, we, you're gonna tell me narwhals are real. <laughs> uh, jury's out on that one. I've heard they're real, but I've not seen them, so I don't believe yet. Mm, um, mm. Long story short, man, it's been a long tirade. We got <laughs> to the point where uh, I then start asking Star Wars favorites, like, "What's your favorite Star Wars character? What's your favorite Star Wars movie?" Um, those sorts of things, right? Favorite color, lightsaber. And then we got to uh, a heated discussion. By that, I mean, I think I ranted at my family for 30 minutes solid, and they were trapped <laughs> in the pool with me about the difference between a lopty neck 
and Jedi Rocks. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, Lofty boy. Neck versus Jedi Rocks. I didn't give- until you sent it in Slack earlier. Okay, <laughs> so Emily, give the good folks some context on what this debate is all about. Okay, so there's two songs. When you go into Jabba's Palace, and I forgot the specific movie, but it was one of the original trilogies. Which one is it? The second one? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, there you go. Big fan. <laughs> um, my bad. I don't know specifics. Uh, that's why I'm on this show to be the dumb one. <laughs> no, um, you learned the so specifics. You- <laughs> yeah, we got you too busy reading Legends books to actually sit and watch Star Wars movies. Right, right. <laughs> uh, all right. So you go in and like it sets the scene of the whole like Jabba's palace vibe. Right. There's like a it's kind of like a nightclub thing. So there's like an original song where you kind of see like lots of different characters, different aliens and stuff. I guess that's the Lafty Neck one. Correct. Yeah. And then there's the like original. this remastered version mm. that's like its own thing. Mm-hmm. And sure. it's like yeah. a whole separate, like it's no longer like setting the scene. It's like it commands your full attention for no apparent reason. It's a performance. And that's, it, yeah. It yeah. It's a full on like Disney movie musical number. Very strange. And do not, it's a performance. Do not like. We're all in this your, together. Your yeah, Freddie <laughs> said it requires so your cool. attention. It and does. Now, here's the deal. Yeah, that came out in the special edition, 1997, mm-hmm. which was when I was first introduced to Star Wars. I oh. didn't hear Jedi, I didn't hear Lofty Neck for a few years, and then I've heard it very sparingly since. So Lofty Neck, I, I have trouble even remembering. What's it sound like, Freddie? You got it off the top of your head? Uh, um, is it d-neck something like that yeah uh, it's kind of like a like a cafe jazz if i could yeah it's i'm it's not even great. sure if that's right it's like kind of like background kind of music but you yeah. get like a nice survey it's, of the whole room yeah it's it's a little bit more exotic nice. you know yeah. and it kind of it doesn't feel like in a, any earth-based genre it's kind of got a little jazz that was the point yeah exactly that was the point some syncopated hits, you know. Um, <laughs> here's the problem <laughs> with Lofty Neck is it's not assertive enough. Hmm. It's boring. I wow. am Team Jedi Rock. Those are fighting it words. The best thing to happen in the entire special editions. Maybe you're it. not assertive enough, and I, you're not. What is this opinion? <laughs> if not assertive enough, I know. I know. I am. Team you're wrong here's yeah. all right so i like i like hip-hop i like rap right so i love a good like uh-huh like a good featured rapper you know what i'm saying okay like yeah. uh, should we name some like when chance yeah. the rapper comes in on holy for, by justin bieber <gasps> that's some good stuff man okay. when he goes okay. he goes chance the rapper i'm like oh here he goes here you know i just i'm getting literal goosebumps right now thinking about when he came on <laughs> snl for that so that's what that little the yuzum you know the one with the What's yeah. the thing in the back of his neck? Uvula? Joe Yalza, yeah. right? That's his yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I always mess it up with urethra. Oh, no, and we went there again. We <laughs> it's went a there big again. problem. Have I done it on the show? Yes. I, yeah, I, you have. It was, a, it was an ad. You're just ad bait, Jared. We're going to have another ad on this now. <laughs> I get him confused. Yeah. So, yeah, his name is Joe what? Joe Yalza. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. it? I had no idea. <laughs> the thing is, I love Lofty Neck and I love Jedi Rocks. They both oh, that's are, a great opinion. Yeah. They're both, you know, it, you can tell which version you're watching based on that song for sure, right? That's mm. a key. Uh, yeah, that's true. They both sing true in my head as if they were both saying at the at the at Jabba's palace. You know, sure, like, sure. 
you know, there's nothing to say that it, it wasn't. Uh, so I like to think that it was just, you know, maybe a different part of the scene <laughs> that they wanted to show or a different song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they could both yeah. be in their set list. That's right. And so and George... I'll never forget when I first heard it, I was like, whoa, I got to learn these lyrics, man. And, uh, you know, Joe Yowza coming in hot, just looking right at you in the camera, kind of breaking that fourth wall. It's the weirdest thing ever. I'm not sure why they decided to do that, but you know what? I'm down. <laughs> so uh, Skuma Joe says he's going to change his last name to Yowza. <laughs> the only thing I, I mean, have to say to that is Yowza. Am I right? So, Yowza. Um, now, Freddie, before the show, you now I, I, before we before we do this, I got to say I'm Team Jedi Rocks. Hmm. Emily is very uh, over here, very firmly Team Lopty Neck. As yeah. an as an OG, hey, you know, a lot of people respect that. I think I'm definitely in the minority opinion here. However, guys, what are your where are you over here? Yep, nope, there. Yeah, yeah. what are your opinions? <laughs> um, I'd probably prefer Lopty Neck. Which okay, let me ask you this: the the VHS box set is that gonna have Lopty Neck or does it have Jedi Rocks? I can't remember. It depends. There's two different. There's two okay. or three different. That's, VHS what sets. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The special um, edition VHS that we'll will have Jedi mine. Rocks. Okay, I think I have the blue Theex remastered, but I don't know if it's. Let's see what you got there. Yeah, the blue bad boys uh-huh. are Lofty Necks. Okay, so it's actually kind of a magenta Return of the Jedi, which is yeah, yeah. That that magenta above Yoda's uh, mm-hmm. kind of flimsy face there is the yep. weirdest, most beautiful thing that ever happened. To Star Wars. <laughs> I love it. It's great, great contrast. I love it. Uh, speaking of which, we got Leia on the back here. Don't look All at right. that. Uh, yeah, putting it away. <laughs> the gold ones are lofty necks. Now, the ah. fun thing is with these, let, or let's rocks. capture the sound really on cool. the air. I'm holding the, the gold special edition VHSs that I received for Christmas in 1997. Mm. Here we go. Still smells like Christmas morning, you know what I'm saying? It's so <laughs> weird that you smell everything, Jared. I don't, these I smell even... really good growing hey. up. I smell these things every day. It we have senses for a reason. That's a little interesting. The mix, the the uh, you know the chemical, uh, what is it of the acetate <laughs> film or whatever it is. Oh, there it is. Here that it was is. a sound. Oh, this, this is my entire childhood <laughs> is sniffing these and then making this noise. No, here right. I got it. Come on. Yeah. In the world. Yeah, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo. Yeah. So, good times. Good times. Now there's on those special edition VHSs a documentary of George Lucas explaining every last change in the special editions and he's like very much not having a good time but very <laughs> passionately explaining why these were the right changes to make hmm. he gives like a good five minute explanation on everything that's good about jedi rocks and really okay let's just say this much it rocks, it oh. rocks. so check out the documentary if you haven't yet um i'm not gonna mail you my vhs's so you're gonna have to find it elsewhere it's probably on mm. youtube However, if you haven't heard the song, here to help us with his own rendition is none other than my good friend and the greatest singer since um, <laughs> Bill Murray sang Star Wars in the Lounge Club okay. back in the 80s, Freddie C. Fred Yowza. Yeah, Fre- Freddie Yowza. Here we go. <laughs> it's a great Go-ni-tay. season. Ready. Welcome, yeah, Freddy. that's right. You ready, guys? You ready? Let's do it. Here oh, it is. All right, here it is. Ko-ni-tang. No, no, no. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast who will absolutely derail your your pool parties with the discussion of Droopy McCool 
and Max Rebo's Booty, where we celebrate <laughs> our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts trying to survive the monsoon, holding it off with the sheer power of his uh, Joe Yowza vocal cords, Freddie C. <laughs> I have to admit, uh, did not come into the show today knowing that that was going to happen. So. That's, that's very fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thank you for taking uh, one for the team. You know what? Uh, just to get some conversation going, Discord, everybody, Jedi Rocks or, or uh, Lofty Neck? Let us know. What was your take, Freddie? Did you say? Um, I really do enjoy Jedi Rocks. Uh, I like Lofty Neck too for some nice, chill, study, study music. But yeah, if I want to party, wrong with I'm going it. with Jedi Rocks. Mm. All right, Freddie's on my side. <laughs> I knew I love you. You know who else I love in a totally normal way? Fresh off her triathlon, Emily Daybeck. Yes, it's true. I did a triathlon this week. I'm also moving this week, hence empty, awkward bookshelves and like no cool things behind me. I'm working on it. Uh, movers come tomorrow to evacuate us from our house. And evacuate. Uh, I don't know. Not Is really. California evacuate. that bad? No, I actually really don't <laughs> want to move. I really like it here. Um, I love the desert. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's a whole rant. But yes, I did a triathlon. I bought a road bike on a Wednesday, and then I did a triathlon on a Saturday, and oh. now here I am. Mm. So um, I'm really that's loving amazing. cycling. Am However. I? I was really excited thinking like, oh, I'm like. Did we lose Emily? Yeah. I lost, I lost audio. Hold on. Emily, I'm we can't hear you. It out. All right. Hey, try it again. We lost you for a second there. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. 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 So uh, start over. You Sorry didn't try triathlon. That. What about it? <laughs> yeah. Apparently my internet's doing weird things. Not sure about that. Anyway. So I was like, let's try mountain biking. Right. Maybe I, oh, maybe I underestimated it. Took it out yesterday. I'm like really confident. I'm like, I know no limits. I'm like popping curbs. I'm like, roads can't define me. Like I'm like cycling, 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 hit some sand, bam, fell completely. Oh, I've got bruises over like half my legs. It was a very oh, humbling experience where I was like, okay, mountain biking, very hard, very <laughs> difficult. I will need to work at this. So anyway, that's my story. That's awesome. I've nice. started looking into with like doing a triathlon since that you inspired me you are an it's inspiration really emily Fitzpo. Yeah. Oh, thank you the last time i tried training for one i ended up in the hospital for a week and had mm. hallucinations okay. for a year as an allergic reaction to the morphine they gave me so nice what? yeah what a story what? another day i'll show you my scars <laughs> they're beautiful mm. you know who else you is wake beautiful? Up in a vat? thank you for that <laughs> our producer more of a, more of a, he's a triathlon guy, more of a sci-fi triathlon. Hey. Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, and Star Wars, Rick Grace. So say we all. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, talking about fitness, I, I, I share this joke with the youth group. It's not original, but it's a great one. The only fitness I'm concerned about is fitness pizza in my mouth. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. uh, yeah. Moving on from yeah. that one. Yep, yep. Good. <laughs> but this has been a fun start. We're, we're going to be talking about some dark and edgy things tonight we are of course wrapping up <laughs> i still am stuck on that freaking joke man <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are talking about a, a sith lord who would surely skewer rick for that dad joke um <laughs> that is we are finishing our six-part round table if you really want to count the entire trilogy or 
you know, seven. There was Good an point. episode way back in the day with Eric uh, about the Darth Bane trilogy. Since we're going to go into such dark and edgy, broody territory, we had to start it off light with some empty neck, you know what I'm saying? So um, do, <laughs> however, want to finish up our discussion of the characters and then also get into some of the big overarching questions. Also, last week, we forgot to rate this with mm. our new mm-hmm. rating system that's not numbers and mm. it's more nebulous so that's fun all right i rate it blue emily <laughs> i rate it pizza now uh, emily mm, we're pizza <laughs> we are going to start it off with you since she is after all your favorite character that's mm. right we're talking about darth hannah what <laughs> is her most compelling attribute now we talked a little bit about bane's last week i do however want to hear your thoughts on xanas is it a sith alchemy B, hey, this is going to be spoilery, by the way, everybody. You've been warned. So speak now or uh, read the book. All right. Um, (laughs) Sith alchemy. Two, Sith sorcery. Number three, her double-bladed red lightsaber. Is it the D option, being able to put up with Darth Bane for 20 years? Because you know that he is just so certain that he is right about everything. Or... It's something else entirely that's not on my radar. What um, makes Xana a great Sith Lord? It's got to be the sorcery. Yeah. 100% the sorcery. I mean, like, also putting up with Darth Bane for 20 years because he's quite a character, but I really love Xana's sorcery. You don't get another Sith that does that, really. So the fact that she can be a really powerful Sith in her own way is really cool to me. I love that. I think the cool part that it highlights, Emily, is there are different types of Sith. Yes. Right? That's the cool part. And and Darth Xana is more of, like, if I were to put uh, all of the Sith or the Dark dark Force users on a scale, you'd have, like, the, the Witches of Dathomir, and then you'd have, like, Revan, right, who's just mm. brute force, power, fighting, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put her closer to the to the witches of dathomir yes i feel like that's where that's where her skill belongs oh that's a good point i can see yeah, that and it, it, it's pretty cool i i personally i i agree with emily i i love the sorcery and the alchemy mm-hmm. just conjuring things from nothing you know from the dark side that's crazy <laughs> here's another connection in path of destruction bane rides a friggin' rancor in mm-hmm. courtship of princess leia the dathomiri uh, what are they called the night sisters Ride sisters, freaking yeah. raincores. Boom, we did it. Seven uh, Kevin Bacon in uh, in two <laughs> two connections. All right, Rick, are you uh what 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 is it for you that makes Xana a compelling Sith Lord? Emily says it's the sorcery. Freddie agrees. Yeah, I think either that or um man. Uh, her her mind like the tactical. Well, I don't know. She does kind of drag her feet a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I've gone back and forth. Um, but I think are we saying alchemy is separate from her her witchness, or are they the same? I would say. Yeah. What the is same, the alchemy right? part? That one was highlighted more in the second book. Right? Yeah. She's... The like the not poisons, but like the the opposite of healing. <laughs> so I guess poisons. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the the thought of 
the way that she can torment someone's mind, you know, that's mm. truly dark, you know, that she pulls yes, out the, the, the deepest fears and secrets and, and just plays with them. Um, and then literally can send them into madness that they can't recover from. Like that's terrifying, you know, like, mm-hmm. and even, even Bane has a hard wow. time resisting or not resisting, but uh, combating that ability. So that was very powerful. Yeah. You can't forget about her skills in combat, though. She is absolutely skilled with her lightsaber, and there's no doubt about it. Mm. it just, just the fact that every fight she's in, it, it, she can analyze the, the whole fight, your stance, the things that you do wrong, your weaknesses. That's true. And, and simply just by defending herself, almost as if it's secondary, like she's not even thinking about defending herself. She's just think, looking at you and analyzing you. She's such a master. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah she she's completely it. opposite of Bane. She's a right. really good counter character because the like Bane is very forceful and she is very force, yeah. like redirecty. I don't know how to say that well, but yeah, like totally redirecty. Um, That's the right way yeah. to say it. Um, but like there's different ways of being strong, right? There's different kinds yeah, totally. of intelligence, different kinds of strength, and she is strong mentally and like in a redirect kind of way. Um which I think is, is telling because that's how we function too. It's very yeah. human and it's nice to see because like you're not going to meet a woman almost anywhere that's going to be stronger than a man in that way, like stronger than like Bane, right? Because he's massive. I mean, yeah, like she makes a point that he's a brute. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, yeah, he worked in the mines. Like he's an he extreme. The, military. He's a Dorito chip. <laughs> <laughs> extreme Dorito. All right. Never heard that yeah. one before. That's a good one. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll tell you what, there were some points where she, you know, with the the summoning, conjuring the snakes, where mm-hmm. I was out running. Oh. And I remember like looking in front of me and like I remember turning around and being like, any snakes? Mm-hmm. I because I don't <laughs> like snakes. And <laughs> I, Indiana. she had effectively mm-hmm. conjured snakes onto the sidewalk where I was standing. That's how that's how convincing it was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've got some great comments in the chat that a uh, strong ability would be her ability to be patient and plan. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. How, however, I'm not sure that she did the best job of planning mm-hmm. for an apprentice. I found Set Hearth, mm-hmm. her choice of her next in line, questionable. Let's talk about it that. Was that was a terrible move. choice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Emily, you're, you're <laughs> anti-Set, which I find a little oh bit... Gosh. Um, confusing distracting because my brother-in-law's name is set uh no i messed it up seth my brother-in-law is seth bible mm-hmm. name talked about those last week um seth and so his name is set hearth so his last name starts with an h mm-hmm. so his name is just seth right seth, seth art seth the sith right yeah. um so anyway why don't you like him Oh my gosh, he drives me crazy. Um, he doesn't have like he gets bored after ten minutes. Like, I'm sorry, what are you ten? Like, <laughs> who gets bored after ten minutes and is like, you know what? Instead of doing this thing you asked me to do, I'm gonna do a completely different thing that's entirely self-serving. Like, none of that is Sith. None of that is evil. What a terrible choice. I don't understand. You know, like, sure, he's powerful, but like. I don't know. I don't also don't understand her need to rush into getting an apprentice at all. Cause like you, you see the Sith yeah. across time, they don't necessarily choose an apprentice before they They're defeat. still figuring this out. She's the second one. That's true. I don't know. I just finished Plagueis too. So it's kind of like I'm comparing the two. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Plagueis there's, I think there's decades at one point where he doesn't have an apprentice, right? 
Yeah. It's but definitely he's... a long game. And she's definitely playing the, I have to have an apprentice before I kill Darth Bane. And... Yeah, we I don't see, know. You he know, just drives like, me crazy. The Palpatine when he's like eras. juggling 10 things, like who just decides, oh yeah, I'm just going to juggle things and then like get tired of them and drop them all. Like, Does he juggle? Yeah. Like he juggles like, yes. <clears throat> Set hard. He like starts throwing things around like he's such a child yeah and like i don't understand how she didn't see that adults can juggle too <laughs> not okay. serious no, not serious point. sith types i think i missed that yeah. one my mom was a professional clown and she but, juggled. that's right but would you would okay. you put her up there on the the dark side spectrum sometimes if i was in trouble <laughs> okay um so said Harth, we all agree that he was a, a terrible choice. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, you're Two not out of 10. You're not thumbing it yet. But wish I hadn't said uh, well, that. What do you think about Seth Harth? I'm not too fond of him. Uh well, how do I put this? He's not a Sith. He's not a Jedi. But he's, he's a pretentious collector. Like yeah. us. <laughs> it's really hard to describe because he's not a great, a great Jedi, right? Because there we go. Cool. <laughs> Freddie, we're going to have to turn this into like another one of the our drinking games where every time <laughs> yeah. you say it, people have to, you know, ring the bell or something like Great that, Jedi. right? Yeah, yeah. I, but he he's not quite a Sith, he's not quite a Jedi. He's almost just like a selfish pirate who happens to be trained That's by Jedi's. Mm. Yeah. He's a and... Jedi who took the red pill, you know what I'm saying? Like he he was <laughs> like I'm too woke for y'all and he <laughs> He walked away from the order, bought himself a mansion, some flashy robes, yeah. and started Steals collecting things. holocrons. Yeah. It's like the evil version of Valentine for a follow. Yeah, oh. I could see that. I could just I could see that. Hold on. Does he have goat hooves? That's an excellent <laughs> question. Who knows? He probably Maybe. could buy them. Yeah. Yeah, he probably has a collection of them. <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned last week that you think Cognus is a better apprentice the the Tochi assassin who's all throughout the book and then and as the book goes on you realize there's a little bit more to her character and then finally she you know betrays sarah and uh the other one uh, sarah's bodyguard mm -hmm. and uh, yeah there it is Lucia. that was gonna drive me in, drive me in nuts. Was, at midnight i was gonna sit up in bed and be like Lucia, if you hadn't said that so <laughs> um and then goes to bane it's like listen actually i'm on your team I'm a double agent and I want to be a bad guy. Would you train me in the ways of, of Sithness? This and... is my destiny. You know, I've been waiting. My whole life is about this moment. She, she realizes, guy. It, you know, I won't be bad guy too. Yeah. That's kind of how it came across <laughs> to me. And Bane was like, you're in luck. My other apprentice sucks. And <laughs> <laughs> takes her. And then when they get to the final battle, um, she turns, Xana shows up and she's like, actually, I, and not on Bane's team. I'll be on your team if you win. So you guys duke it out, and I'll be right here waiting. I, yeah. I wasn't sold by Cognus. What did you think, Freddie? You were more pro, more favorable toward the character. Yeah, uh, definitely sadistic and evil mm -hmm. in a very scary way, like a, a very uh, not not a psychopathic way, even worse than that. Uh, mm. So a sadist, I guess, someone mm. who revels in other people's pain mm -hmm. and and see you know being in a very dire situation and she the huntress just plays with these people's emotions like their toys and is smiling about it 
Mm. She knows what she's doing. That to me, that's like the most evil thing ever. More more evil than just like stealing something as a a wannabe dark side Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that is what a Sith is. Not yes, not what Set is. It, and and just you know the the way the the audiobook made it sound, her just reveling in and it being just full of joy seeing these people in very very sharp pain i mean this is like friendship level pain mm. you know b- betraying death um everything and and just loving it and that that to me that was like the most sadistic thing ever and and it was it was very chilling to see that and i was like that's an absolute sith right there and you can only imagine what what the huntress would be like as a fully trained sith yeah, dark. We've got somebody in the chat named Jessica who says that the only thing more sadistic is us giving people fandom book and fandom addictions weekly. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, she's she's at McDonald's because she didn't get back home in time before we started the show, and so her choice to stay away. I'm like, listen, you can come home, but no, no, she's gonna be a, a troll for McDonald's. That's my wife, that makes me hungry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. I'll I'll Supposed I'll jump in of clowns. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll jump in and say uh I'm with Freddie on this. I think that um Cognus is um a really good apprentice option for the Sith. Um, you know, set heart hearth, I can't say it either. He he is selfish, but he doesn't have ambition and drive for power. He's content just collecting stuff and living yeah. out his life. Whereas Cognus has that ambition that she wants power. She wants more and more power. And so, like, I don't know if you remember this, but from our talk with, like, the, I think it was Path of Destruction, early on I mentioned that, like, they didn't, like, the the Sith that we were exposed to in that book, they weren't evil enough, you know? That yeah. they didn't do mm-hmm. bad things. But Cognus, she has that, that evil layer that yeah. I would expect in a Sith. And so I think that she definitely is what I expected from... A Sith, and so I think, yeah, I was like, okay, about time a real one showed up. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? Uh, just kind of thinking of balance, right? Thinking if Bane was the most powerful Sith at that time, that means all of those other Sith were just extremely weak, to be honest. And hmm. uh, to think that they were probably closer, most of some of those Sith, I bet you anything, they were closer to set where they were just all about collecting and, and goods and money, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and that that's the that's the extreme uh, of of the dark side right is is bane which is the the less purpose you have in life the probably worse you are going to be <laughs> mm. as a sith hmm. that's a good point. i think maybe it would have worked for me if she had a name throughout the book instead of just huntress. the huntress mm. with the tochi i i was out the entire book i was like who is this and it, the character didn't take for me. I, I just, I think the fact of the matter is none of the ancillary characters in this book can hold a candle to the goat that is Valentine Farfalla. Am I, am I right? <laughs> any other, any other characters you guys want to give a shout out to before we move on? Oh, now that man. I've shouted out uh. the greatest Jedi mm-hmm. in the entire expanded universe, Valentine Farfalla. May he rest yeah, in peace. Sarah. Oh. I thought okay. Sarah, she was a complex character. I couldn't tell throughout the book. I, I felt like there was there were three potential apprentice options for Xana, yes. right? There yeah. was Cognus, 
uh, Sarah and oh, Seth. What? Sarah's I, a... You didn't get oh, that? Oh, yeah, totally. Sure, totally. Did you read the book? You, Freddie, you yeah. Back me 100%. up on this. So I've read it the, three or four times. But the entire uh, but dummy, and I need the women on the show to explain the real content to me. I did you say plural? There's just one woman right Jared, now. So- no, but like when Charlie and, okay. and um, oh, yeah. Emma, okay. every time there's a woman on the show, they blow my mind with something. Isn't it true, true. Freddie? Yes. I'm glad it's I contribute true. in a yeah. meaningful way, Jared. Cheryl, yeah. Emily Emily has a point here, and, yes. and it's exactly what I was tracking. It's funny. I didn't track this when, when I first read the book. But after I, I listened to the audiobook, there are so many paths that are open to you that you're just like, okay, you have no idea what's about to happen. Is Bane going to choose Sarah? Is, she, is he going to choose someone else to be the, you know, the uh, apprentice? And they're going to have to fight Xana or Xana going to get one of them and kill Bane or, you know, like there, there were so many different angles that this book could have gone in and and the entire time you know, when one went down, you're like, okay, now what? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it just keeps, you know, and you're like, okay, Cagnus is still alive. And so is Xana, but now Bane. Okay. And now you, you finally get like that trio. It starts to whittle down everybody else. Right. Cause Set could be a contender, but then you see he, how much he, he's just completely self-interested. He, he has no, no motivation to, for power. Yeah. He just wants to be rich and safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 Emily, you you hit it right on the head. There was like this, maybe four different paths, five different paths, of mm-hmm. where the story could have ended. And the whole time you were trying to figure out, okay, this is weird. Now, now Zana did this. She found set. This is kind of throwing my story off. <laughs> so, I, I I understand. Sarah Sarah was for sure uh, a contender for a Sith apprentice, especially. Wow, what a twist that would have been. Yeah, especially because saying. she had. Yeah, she had the the healing powers, which how would that yes. have morphed? So, yeah, well, um, I mean, she's clearly like force sensitive in some way. And she has this like connections, right? Because she's married into this royal family, but she has this like disconnect because like Caleb, her dad was killed by Bane, but like Xana is trying to kill Bane and Sarah is trying to kill Bane. So like Sarah definitely comes to the, the edge of like, if she goes further, she will turn to the dark side and she decides, she chooses to stop at that line. And that's when she gives herself up and lets Santa kill her. Um, but I thought the whole time, I couldn't remember because I'd read the book before and I couldn't remember if Xana chooses um, Cognis or if she chooses Sarah. I knew that she, she chose one of them in the end, but I legitimately couldn't remember up until the very last mm-hmm. minute. I thought it was such a close call. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm interested to see if anybody else had that opinion too because no, apparently totally. this is new to jared and he's read it several times but i thought I'm it was very here, clear like, the whole time way blown <laughs> <laughs> I, the book just got so much better for me thinking about that wrinkle yeah to think that she mm-hmm. could have had her power that's the potential to save life yeah had she followed down that that quest for vengeance that she was on it could have become the power to take life so many dark siders enter this story as red herrings and then like set right he just takes off oh yeah see him again sure uh and then and then lucia we're just like okay what is what is her purpose here like what is going Mm -hmm. on and then you see kind of her her demise and you're like oh man like you know i feel like what they try to do is show you how brutal and 
and dark Bane is. And they just need to have some more evidence of like, hey, this guy really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that saw that. Emily, that's that's a good uh I know all the all the wrinkles with all the dark siders that that enter the story. Fairly, fairly interesting. Wow. You know, that does bring up a good point. There's quite a few good red herrings in Legends books among like Dark Siders. Think about Gantoris in the mm, Jedi Academy yeah. trilogy. You kind of think, oh, he's gonna be the villain. And you know, F's in the chat for Gantoris, he bites <laughs> yeah. it pretty quick. And then ah, it was Kip Duran the whole time. And uh Jason Solo, you know, we won't say a whole lot about that, but there's a little bit of that going on there too. Wow, amazing. Um, blew my mind. I I at least appreciated with Sarah that she was a callback to Ambria and to Caleb, Kaleeb, mm-hmm. if you're that kind of person. Uh, that's know. right, Kaleeb. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> that that whole story in their family, in terms of like choosing the honorable path, the high ground, and Bane and Xana forcing his hand over and over. Mm-hmm. and then she comes back into play so i thought that was a good kind of chess piece to have on the board didn't even see it going there so you know we talked about the characters sarah the uh, cognis bane hannah you know all of them so let's talk about some of the overarching questions though that's what we like to do in part two of the round tables and obviously the the big elephant in the room here is that this idea of the Sith essence transfer has made its way back into canon <laughs> with the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So how has episode nine now, which is it's his heretical content for us legends folk. However, we've at least seen it. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, how has the rise of Skywalker enhanced or detracted, you know, in your opinion from the essence transfer ability well i'm glad that we're seeing a lot of influence of legends in in star wars right and and it it deserves it, it legends deserves to be referenced in in star wars because there are a lot of good ideas in 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 this era right in legends there's also not a, a lot of good ones so we'll just cast those aside but uh seeing seeing essence transfer in in a theater right and and understanding what that looks like after reading bane this time around it it was kind of horrifying to imagine (laughs) how this whole experience just went down with the you know pop the uh what do we call it alleged transfer because we don't know what the answer is uh but it, it is validating and i've said that many times especially at celebration it's validating to mm-hmm. see those things what about talking about the the uh essence transfer in the rise of skywalker with fully clothed however craggly fingered palps <laughs> in um, episode nine and how that uh, detracts or possibly enhances um the whole idea of the essence transfer. I think this book does a masterful job with it. I actually quite like the way it's handled in episode nine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's you know the greatest movie in the world, but um, uh, the idea that this is a legends element brought back in, it's a totally credible dark side force power. Um, Freddie thinks it was nice to see the legends nod. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rick, you agree? Yeah, I think it was, it was cool to, um, to kind of have that bit of history going into that movie um you know legends history i guess it's always funny to say 
you know, real life world words in a fictional universe, but um, <laughs> it was, it was that lore, I guess, knowing that, that bit of lore. Um, I don't know. It, it was powerful to me because it, it did, it seemed like it was connecting with that lore, but at the same time, it had a level of like, not believability, but um, I, I don't know. It, it didn't seem corny to me because I had a, a previous understanding that that kind of thing already existed in my, my headcanon and my understanding of the Star Wars universe and how essence transfers a thing. And so um, even the, the finale there with um, Sidious and Ray, you know, uh, the whole I am all the Sith, I am all the Jedi thing. That was even powerful because it it wasn't quite the same, but I could kind of see, um, you know, if we're saying whether the theory of that Bane inhabited Xana and that continued, you know, uh, through every generation, oh, is that a possibility? Says, I am all the Sith. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love opens that. the door for that. Huh? It does, it does potentially. Even if even if it's recessive, if Xana does take control, but the memory or the 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 essence, you know, I don't know. It, it just it's a possibility. So I was intrigued by it. Um, yeah. and not sure what it, it looks like really on the light side. Hey Rick, yeah, do you think up? there could ever be a silly Sith, like a Sith that was just kind of silly? Or do you think that's not not how? Oh, we're talking about Darth Millennial in the chat here. I'm thinking about. Of course, there could be a silly Sith. What more? What more do you need? Yeah, I just imagine like like, I am all the Sith, and there's like one Sith. He's like, hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he'd definitely be Gungan. Like I think it's clear. But it would be uh, that crazy. Who is it? Lord Khan? Is that the crazy guy? A little crazy. It would be that dude who's like, we could all be together. Yeah. This will be fine. Lord Khan is the one most likely to start a nudist commune. <laughs> you know, he's basically like dude trying so to start weird. his own cult. Yeah. Um, also, I, I think it. the comic pictures him like with a goatee and a rat tail. Mm. It, Enough which, said. I think the he's only like thing... Jeru Sabayoth, but like <laughs> a little bit more sane, but not really. I don't know. <laughs> With a little bit more, I don't know, more clothes, oh, less clothes. Now I need some Jeruis sure? Sabayoth and uh, Lord Khan fanfic. That's oh, <laughs> definitely Sabayoth. I am all the, the oil. Jeruis is like, get out of my head. Ass. Get out. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. At Celebration, Rick, and I, we haven't told you this. We got to find this picture. There was a there was a guy with absolutely cut abs, mm, shirtless yeah. at Celebration, Ooh, wow. okay. cosplaying as a Jedi. Uh-huh. Uh, a shirtless Jedi, and Freddie and I took a picture with him pointing at his abs. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Nice. Oh, that dude. And I was like, Jerus? <laughs> yeah. Missing a, a foot and a half long beard. That's for yeah. sure. That can be edited in post. That's fine. <laughs> well, so yeah. the Rise of Skywalker obviously did this, uh, it, but it does raise the fact that this is a Sith obsession, the obsession with eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. And with abs. Um, so, <laughs> They they have this obsession. Obviously, Bane, Plagueis, and Palpatine all try to unnaturally extend their own lives. Let me get that another run at that. Ready? Unnaturally. No, all right, we're not gonna get there. Um, that was like the redneck version. <laughs> I needed to have a take three. Ready? Okay, so who won't do it? <laughs> I faked Rick out though. Uh, uh, who did it better? The quest for eternal life. Who got the closest? Who had the best eternal life strategy, Bane, Plagueis, or Palps? Starting with you, Freddie. Well, hmm. the interesting thing is, is the Sith believe that they 
are the force right they embody the force whereas the the jedi live amongst the force so it's natural for them to want to hold on to that body for as long as they can now who had the best story i mean you had the way bane's essence transfer was described was kind of horrifying everything happened in a millisecond his entire body Mm -hmm. just exploded burned up turned into ash and he feels this hot searing pain and there's a humongous chance that you're gonna get caught in Empada Joyos brand right (laughs) (laughs) that would be something Um, that'd be the worst body to try to inhabit (laughs) but what I'm saying is I don't feel like I I well in Plagueis you you do hear a bit about it but I feel like the way Bane's you know uh the way this 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 book described essence transfer transfer it was it was kind of scary because thinking of of if you remember the thought bomb uh it, it when it when it described the thought bomb it described it as just a bunch of torment these souls in absolute torment and agony uh and eventually like you know it washes away and that soul doesn't really become a thing it's just a thing you know it's just agony it's not a soul anymore and to hear that is is kind of like oh man that's kind of scary right that's it 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 puts it in a perspective of of our world too like if you were to just forever be in hell and having to endure that for eternity the Mm. rest of eternity which is forever and uh Mm. having having all of that described was was pretty horrifying i i don't think i i don't think i had that same feeling with anybody else when it came to essence transfer you're saying all the right things for us preacher types, so we better uh, <laughs> not get preaching. That's good. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I think that, you know, obviously Bane is at least somewhat successful. There's at least the hand twitch in the end. Hmm. Plagueis is at least somewhat successful in the fact that he yeah. seemingly manipulates midichlorians to prolong the life of the, the Bith Jedi. What's his name? The Bith Sith? Tenebris? Tenebris? No, the one in the yeah, I mean, I guess so. The one that he keeps locked up in a back to tank for like 40 years. I think it's Tenebrous, isn't that his master? So. There was it- one that came against him, like a, like one of a, a potential apprentice of Tenebrous that he goes and confronts and then imprisons and experiments That's on right. for decades. Hmm. Somebody in the chat will will know and let us know. Yeah. I, um, uh, it's gonna drive me nuts. And and then Palpatine is at least in Legends at least somewhat successful. In he transfers his consciousness into his clone, his naked uh, bodies. Right. So mm-hmm. I think Palpatine is the most successful mm-hmm. at this. However, I think Plagueis's plan was the best. Hmm. Bane, therefore, is last place in my opinion in essence hmm. transfer because though he <laughs> discovers the secret to it, he doesn't find. He doesn't successfully find a uh, a husk, you know, a, another body that he can claim. Husk and or instead, venomous. Hail Flesh, Mary's fleshly a, husk. A last, yeah, that's right. He hail Mary's a last ditch attempt into Xana, who's way too mentally strong to inhabit. So I'm gonna say Bane is last place. And um, yeah, all right, all right. So I'd give Bane takes right. the cake on that. Helps takes the cake for me and for Emily. Yeah. Yep, yep, I'd say. And the Palps had oh, because of Dark he, Empire. You haven't read it yet, have you, Emily? Ah, <laughs> oh, we got to get yet. there. He um, okay. Palpatine had 
he had contingencies and he was realistic. Yeah. You know, he <clears throat> almost didn't trust in the force where he said, yeah, the force might be able to allow an essence transfer or whatever, but I'm going to do some, some scientific things too, to make this happen with cloning. And that's both Palp- uh, canon and legends, you know, and canon, he had lots of contingencies right. and all these plans um, and legends, even the cloning there, like uh, he had a plan. So he's yeah. successful, uh, but shout, shout out, I almost said something else, um, to Darth and Dedu for actually discovering this. Yeah. And Bane just took the credit. Yeah. But who knows what happened to Darth and Dedu? How come he didn't you know, do more with it, huh? There, Something just kind of Maybe came to me a little nope. bit here. With, thinking of thinking of, of essence transfer, right? Bane could barely get Darth Xana. And Palpatine infiltrated how many of his clones? That's crazy. <laughs> sure. Mm. To, to think that, you know, he's able to essence transfer a, a good amount of times. Uh, of course, you know, each one, it breaks down the body. But to be able to freely do it, uh, I, I guess because they have no will. But how many times do you think Palpatine essence transferred? He must be like, at, at this point, I mean, just an absolute around. master. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Emily, I can't wait for you to read it. So I just was invited the other day to talk about Dark Empire on the Cosmic Force in August. Mm. They're going to cover it. So I think that's your chance to read it and uh, okay, join yeah. on that discussion live in the chat every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube.com slash Utini. Mm. Um, man, podcasting 100 episodes or so has really made made me uh, way too egregious with ad placements. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rick, did you chime in out of all these? You said you said, I said uh, Palps, that, yeah. That maybe uh and Dedu squandered his opportunity. Yeah. I mean he, Bane takes the credit for Ndedu's work, you know, but I think Palps was the most realistic and had a plan. So he's uh he did it better. Bane didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think he was gonna die. And he was like, it's now or never. Yeah. Right. He'd grown yeah, weak. Blame it on yeah. blame it on the snakes the conjured <laughs> Sith snakes. Now you did mention Freddie a moment ago that this is in some way similar to the thought bomb, which yeah. I appreciated the the symmetry of it all, like poetry it rhymes, right? Or like uh in biblical studies, maybe this is in literature too, I don't know. I'm so locked into the Bible. <laughs> there's a there's a technique called an inclusio, so like something that's the beginning and the end of a uh, book of the Bible or I guess of any story that kind of bookends it thematically. And so I appreciated that this was in both the first and third books of the trilogy, that your consciousness could be trapped hmm. for all eternity in limbo, Oof. kind of as a, the terrifying, the cautionary tale of the darkest side of Sith powers. Right. Um, hey, it's good to see that that master divinity at play. This is nice. That's, that's right. It helps me sound pretentious on my Star Wars podcast. All right. So we're going to get back around to a classic game Freddie and I have been playing since the good old days of Legends Look Back. And that is a good old fashioned Would You Rather Death Edition. Ooh. Right for this, Freddie. We've done a few of these, right? Yep. Yep. So would you rather be imprisoned? in the thought bomb <laughs> for a thousand years until you're rescued by Kyle Katarn. Mm. Or would you rather be trapped in limbo in the nebulous space between your own body and the consciousness of another person? 
Mm -hmm. Emily says B, which is, let me consult my notes, possibly having to share a body with Darth Xana. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, However, not a bad could, way to go. could yeah. potentially be limitless. Whereas we know the other one has a cutoff because Kyle Katarn is on his way in the Valley of the Jedi. All right. <laughs> uh, Freddie, what's your opinion? That's a tough one. Uh, I guess what, you know, what kind of rescue Kyle Katarn, you know, being free eventually and your spirit living happily wherever. Well, unless you're a Sith, I guess. I, I don't know what <laughs> happens there. Uh, you know, I don't know what that, what that world looks like, but uh, if, if I had to choose one, I guess it depends on, on what kind of, of limbo we're going for. Right. If it's like you, you literally cannot do anything. You're just stuck. Mm. Uh that's fine but I, I guess if you're observing darth xana i almost said hannah <laughs> if you're observing darth xana then you know at least it's kind of like a movie you can see her whole life until she dies and then then do you get released you know I, i'm not really sure what the rules are here but or is it like if, a mental tug of war for the rest of her life well eventually you could weaken her and probably take over if that's the case so if, if that's possible i would rather be uh it sounds exhausting. Fighting for consciousness. Mm -hmm. If if I have nothing else to do, I might win. So, <laughs> okay, Freddie chooses that option as well. Mm. Rick, yep, I would beat her down with dad jokes until <laughs> I was the I'm superior I'm, consciousness. Yeah, totally, Rick would win for sure. Hundred <laughs> Everybody agrees. Nobody wants to share consciousness with Rick. So, congratulations, <laughs> hey, Rick. You have won. The big problem with the thought bomb. Because I just I just recently did the Dark Forces uh, audio dramas, is the way the audio dramas portray the sound of the spirits oh trapped in the thought bomb. Yes. Yes. So that it mm. is terrifying. It is horrifying. They're like, yeah. no, there's like, weeping and gnashing of teeth in that thought bomb. Let me like, say, gotta stop and say a little prayer halfway through because it's just you know it's concerning. It's probably because. Uh, Khan started up his nudist commune oh, inside the, the thought, thought bomb, bomb egg. Yeah, oh, that's gosh. Porter's for <laughs> that's sure. That's a thought bomb. But, I, don't but really I do have a question that. That, uh, that goes off of that. So Thank like you. when the Jedi die and they pass into the force, is that included in the, like, is the dark side included in that? Because there's a light and a dark side. So like, are the Jedi and the Sith when they die and are absorbed into the force? Like, does that include both Sith and Jedi? technically no the thing is when when a sith dies that's it they lose mm -hmm. everything unless they've they've somehow cursed a temple to house their soul right <laughs> which like happens that. quite often in legends every temple you see in the world probably a sith temple probably yeah. has a ghost <laughs> wherever there's moss crawling up some stone yep. there's a sith spirit in there Most you know definitely. for sure mm-hmm yeah, <laughs> Jessica says she already shares a consciousness with Rick. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> totally stopped us. Your <laughs> silence in the chat so when we read salty. that. We just all stopped. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even read it till y'all pointed it out. I'm over here smiling. And then, oh, I mean, as soon as she posted it, it was pure silence. Pure nice. silence. All right, that that's a good nice. one. Congratulations, to Jessica, for dunking on Rick the most. That's in the chat way. for my self pride. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolute dunk. All right, she'll be drafted in this NBA draft before the night's <laughs> over. Probably by the Thunder. They've had four first round draft picks. All right, uh, so so we all agree that the thought bomb is not the way to go. However, nobody yeah. will share a consciousness with 
Rick. So uh, that's a good <laughs> Legends Would You Rather. That's great. And I do wonder, though, you know, um, how do you go about starting over? I mean, obviously, Bane has started the this whole new Sith legacy, right? Mm -hmm. He's paved a new path. Xana, not so successful, at least on the front end, in recruiting an apprentice. It's got to be hard to kind of start off finding a new apprentice when you've been the apprentice, right? Mm. Um, and the Force definitely kind of put her in Bane's lap, but the whole thing on Rusan when there's Bug and Tomcat, Rain, you know, the bouncers. So, yeah, you had to be there. It's weird. How would you go about recruiting a Sith apprentice? You just post a resume on ZipRecruiter? Yeah. <laughs> E-Harmony, something like that. It doesn't seem like it worked especially well with Seth Harth, at least. True. I'd probably go to the lowest level of Coruscant and see what happens. Um, <laughs> just look thing, for right? some your, your mission. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, your mission would be to find an apprentice, right? Because every Sith needs a mission, mm. whether it's everlasting life, knowledge, finding an apprentice. Uh, I always feel like the apprentices that, you know, they kind of groom them. And this is kind of that grooming Sith mentality that uh, look at Anakin. I mean, it, I watch he, your career with great interest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, he, he was, he was groomed hmm. slowly, very methodically to mistrust yeah. his, his, his uh, master and his colleagues. Right. That that's basically what happened. And, I think that was part of Palpatine's mission. He needed someone to be the body uh, and whatever it took to find that body, which is as close as to the, as close to the Jedi temple he can get. <laughs> I wonder if the, yeah, the best strategy is to play hardball mm -hmm. uh, because Cognus finds Xana. She didn't recruit her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's like, Hey, the force led me here. Um, obviously the force put Xana in Bane's lap. Mm -hmm. Um Best strategy is to do nothing. Trust in the force. That's what Seth yeah. Harth would do. That's for sure. He would do nothing. You know what? <laughs> if you're, if you, if you become a gray Jedi, will you be as powerful because you you are in the balance, right? And you, and if you got rid of the Sith and, you know, maybe maybe some of the Jedi, uh, would you become the most powerful thing because mm. you were a gray, a gray mm. Jedi? That's a good question. Oh, we need to. I almost made crossed over in the Lord of the Rings and said, "Yeah, the gray is nothing. They wait for Jedi the white, but oh. <laughs> the white Jedi. We're a little bit more yeah. inclusive than that here at Utini. Oh, right. so wow, the I, white, the gray, the dark. Yeah, all sides. All of it. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder though. I mean, it's got to be a tough one. You can only find one apprentice in the entire galaxy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. man. Yeah, I like the idea of uh, wandering around the Coruscant under levels. Hey, I see you're good at murder. Um, <laughs> right. I Maybe, also ooh. like murder. Also, grand plans. Maybe. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is this is this is it. <clears throat> We're gonna crack the code, y'all. Here we go. Yep. <clears throat> We're gonna kidnap a bunch of people and take them to a planet and no. do like Hunger Games style no. Sith Apprentice. Oh I would gosh. read that for Only sure. one of you can, can be that my That would apprentice. be the most sicky thing ever. Yeah. Like early well, in the early days. Yeah. But you don't tell them that's what it is. Yeah. You just tell yeah. them you're inviting them to uh, like a it's, drug deal. It's like Rat Race of Star Wars. I mean, oh, that's basically, man. It's pretty good. That's basically yeah. what, well, it's not really, 
it's not really uh i guess what 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 is the movie called um hunger games mm-hmm. yeah it's not really hunger games but like the sith the sith academy was fairly stab your back kind of place so <laughs> mm-hmm. we did get a little bit of that at the very beginning of this trilogy that's true that's very true yep have to one-up each other and all that so yeah yeah i love the comment from justin in the chat hey you're pretty good at murder ever thought about going pro <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's what i would do i would like probably go to the bounty hunters sort of like the huntress like find some Hi, people I'm who's Dark like ira- yeah. right who's like irrationally like unexpectedly good at something because that's like yeah. red flag for the force because you want somebody driven right you don't mm-hmm. want to just yeah. like nobody wants to set yeah like, want someone with no hope but wants yes. to find hope or and imagine imagine yes. if there's a, a jedi who's got questionable you know he's kind of maybe got some you're not, not sure to recruit dark jedi rick we've no, only no, got no. two rules one of them I, is there can only be two the other one is no jedi allowed no, but like that's you know NJO, man. You, you, gotta, you gotta that's you gotta you gotta that's what it always stood for. <laughs> All right, I'll, we'll hear you out, Rick. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you, you kidnap a Jedi that you've noticed has some some difficulties swallowing some of the orders, and you drop him in this Hunger Games, and you see if he takes the high road and tries to save lives, or if he devolves and ends up start taking lives. It could be uh, fun. It could be fun. I, that would I be legit take endorse. all of their close family members and just like slowly <gasps> kill them. Uh, oh, but like make the other person, Sith sorcery the other person into doing it all. Man. And that person is like, I mean, I've already done it. Might as well. Yeah. This, I don't know. This got dark. There's something behind me. Hold on. Wait. Oh, wait that's the line. Yep. Oh, Emily crossed it. Oh. Way past it. <laughs> way past I'm it. sorry. I'm just, on, like I said, I just finished Plagueis. This is like very much yeah. on my mind. You're in a dark place. We get I'm it. So, so check it out. This Torture. is how the, the book's okay. going to go, right? There's going to be a, a Jedi who's dropped into this whole thing. Uh, that person has to survive and they're going to try to, yeah, I'm not going to say everything, but they're going to try to influence some people to let's escape. Uh, eventually this person has to destroy everything and um, let's see w- w- what was what was the part that you just mentioned Emily oh yeah the sorcery turns out it was a dream the whole time it was a sith dream there you Sithception. go yeah there sith you don't go. have dreams the the the, the jedi wakes up have nightmare. nightmares and it was it was all it was all a dream <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty all right rick i give your idea legend stamp of approval Woo-hoo! Did it uh, unfortunately we stopped making legends books so Aww. it had to be written before 2014 so go mm. go see if you can make that happen speaking of books that were written before 2014 i wonder what it would have been like we've had a lot of, about this in the chat over the last few weeks if carpition were to write another star wars book what would you like to see him tackle uh, what character what time period uh, would you want to see him continue something he developed in the Bane trilogy? Obviously wrote um, a couple other Star Wars books. What wrote uh, a couple of Old Republic books, didn't he? Um, what's the one you just read, Freddie? Is the uh, other Fatal one. Fatal Alliance. So you, not that one, uh, but the other one. <laughs> there's Revan, uh, Fatal Alliance, uh, Deceived, and... Annihilation, there it is. Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, I think he wrote that one, and he wrote Revan. Is there another one? Are those only four? Are there only five uh, main trilogy? I feel like I'm missing something. Obviously, Knights of the Republic is a game. All right. I've riffed long enough. Surely you've thought of something by now. What would be Carpition's grand return to Star Wars if you were the one writing the checks? Hmm. 
An Anakin hmm. origin story. Hmm. It's called the Phantom Menace. Well, no, but hmm. like before, like his incept, like immaculate conception. Like, yeah, like it's like what a weird. Like, so it so Shmi's the main character. Mark. What if what if, if midichlorians? Come on. Yeah. How would you feel if Drew took over? Like, if he wrote a book about you know Plagueis, right? Like bringing Plagueis into canon or something. Bringing bringing because uh, like he he's very good at at writing Sith and horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so giving us a taste of just a little bit before or like palpatine you know the the plagueis era i guess just uh before that whole thing uh honestly i'm not sure what's going on in in canon now so i can't tell you if that's happening but i'd like to see i'd like to see a little bit of that okay okay rick yeah is that going on in canon i was raising my hand yeah i'm sorry i was excited um let's do a knights of ren uh story um be sick that'd be you win Thank you. I I, I changed my answer to Rick's. I mean, it's, or, it's out there. The rise of Kylo. Yeah, I know. Ren I know. They, they really well. Yeah. Four issues. We just nailed it. That's all you need. Or or we do the Sith Hunger Games by Drew Capri. The Sith Hunger Games. All right. Yeah. I, cool. I'm going to endorse the idea <laughs> that's been that. that's been floating around the chat, like the sequel to all of this with Xana um, and Cognus, and then what whatever goes off the rails with mm-hmm. Millennial. We're not totally sure, but we're getting some of it tonight in the chat uh something about a reference book i'm going to be doing some searching on the wook before mm. the night's all over it sounds interesting that's for sure i'd like a story about it absolutely i i part of me is tempted to say like a revan story but you know, he wrote the revan book and it's fine it's okay um it's going to be reprinted we'll talk about it some more next week as we get into the legends news part of the next wave of the central legends collections however Woo-hoo. i would like to hold out hope that should there be a Knights of the Old Republic um, remake that's theoretically happening, right? I'd like to see something tied into that written by Carpitian, like the grand return. Like he's finally back writing a Star Wars book. Maybe the story of the Mandalorian Wars proper, you know, like how Revan defected and written from his and Malik's point of view. I want to see their bromance, you know? I want to see, I want to see Malik steal Revan's girlfriend like in their college years mm. yeah. oh my gosh I'd talking like about <laughs> freddie and i, I like saw some of, that, girl. some of that happening at celebration so let us know everybody in the chat uh whether you're watching on youtube or in the discord what you would like to see if that were to happen so guys we're gonna wrap it all up for tonight one final question in the grand scheme of things mm. palpatine's reign only lasted 20 years mm-hmm. bane we're still talking about him all these years later, not for his nudity, like we are Palpatine, <laughs> but for his, the fact that he got the ball rolling and set uh, all of this in motion, mm. that his brutality, his curved lightsaber, you know, all the great things about him. Other stuff, he smashes holocrons out of frustration and impatience. I mean, what an amazing Sith Lord. All right. He set all these events in motion, and I wonder, did Palpatine ruin the grand plan? Did he kind of squander his inheritance as the Sith to rule the galaxy? Um, it's a leading question. Obviously, I think so a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. 
feel like he cheats because he took like three apprentices. That's too many. Too <laughs> he many wasn't a big enough believer in the rule of two. That's the problem. Yeah. That's possible. Uh, but but also that was instilled on on Vader, right? Vader had a couple of apprentices himself. Or at least one that, that I can think of right now off the bat, but uh, you know, Star Killer. So nice guy not, in person, not the Star greatest. Killer. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool guy. But they're they're not really it seems like they've kind of steered off off the path of the rule of two in my opinion and it and it squanders the focus of one to embody the dark force and one to crave it instead it's like one embodies it but also wants to have other apprentices (laughs) when they should be focusing on on just studying how to be the best that they can be I think right. that Palpatine was, was more in love with himself than he was with Darth Revan. That's the real problem. Bane yeah. loves Revan. Palpatine loves himself. In Return of the Jedi, you know the movie with Jedi Rocks? Um, <laughs> the, the greatest musical number in the history of the galaxy. Tell that to Figrin Dan. At the end of Return of the Jedi, Palpatine is looking out the window at the rebel fleet getting decimated and he turns to Luke and is just in love with his joke, his dad joke, if you will, Rick. And he says, uh, I'm afraid your rebels are, you know, what does he say? The Death Star is quite operational. You know, he just thinks it's, he cannot, <laughs> he cannot keep it together. He thinks it's hilarious. I think Palpatine squandered Bane's <laughs> inheritance because he was more in love with himself than he was Revan. You can take that to the bank, which I'll mm. think. That's a good point. Yeah. I think That's a good point. I think um <clears throat> the rule of two was destined to fail. And the idea of the Sith being supreme was destined to fail. You know, that's not how the force is meant to be. It's not how the force works. Uh, and so, you know, you can blame Palpatine, but I think it was inevitable. Um, this is um wow, like a Calvinistic view of the force, I guess. <laughs> um where uh destined yeah predestined where it's not going to work there's going to be balance that, that balances itself out um and all that so um yeah he definitely made mistakes but it was going to happen you know the sith weren't going to reign forever plus that doesn't sell books and stories like you guys have to win eventually so yeah i think that's a good point that it was destined to fail because and i'm going to add on to that whoever inherits the galaxy from the rule mm. of two is destined to buy into their own hype and to think that they are the greatest thing uh, since I almost said sliced bread. Do they have that in Star Wars? Um, since those muffins that Ray makes. Yeah, yeah, since hot chocolate. Thank you, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to talk about that. There's a hot chocolate thing that I can't talk about yet. Uh, embargo. So we'll get there. Um, it's relevant again. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Whoever inherits the galaxy from Bane is bound to uh, the pride, you know, the, the pitfall of, um, you know, being being enslaved to to fall to their own pride. Don't you think uh, Palpatine thinks he can do no wrong and nobody that he's invincible? And that's the real problem. Yeah, it, that's the problem with ruling the galaxy. You don't have enough uh, dissenters that you keep in your corner you gotta you can't be in an echo chamber all right i'm gonna start preaching if we're not careful Mm. (laughs) come on emily just shakes her head do you agree Uh, disagree 
we're gonna call it a night (laughs) (laughs) now i gotta i like dying to tell you guys about the hot chocolate thing i know i'm a little stuck on that but (laughs) we can move fast if we need to uh luke and lando i think the embargo's up if not we can cut this out luke and lando drink hot chocolate in shadow of the sith is it called hot chocolate huge spoiler for the new canon book happening here on the legends show yeah not spoilery at all but uh, i was pleased for sure and on that ladies and gentlemen you can go and drink your own hot chocolate now that this episode is over but first we've got to rank the trilogy got to rank the book and we're gonna call it a night Mm. out of all the bane books how does this one stack up we now have five categories right i've got to look at my list yeah, they give are me my rubric. Masterpiece. That's the only one you need for this one. Okay. No. In uh incredible. Good. Fair. And finally, bottom tier, which Ruins of Dantooine does not belong on. Hmm. I will die on this hill. Mediocre. So can we just change uh, call that one meh? It's the I Jedi tier, you know what I'm saying? Meh. Actually, I, I, think it's, I think it's fine. <laughs> um all right so masterpiece, masterpiece incredible, incredible. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this for me is the weakest of the trilogy however still in incredible though not darker not a me. masterpiece go ahead this one feels a lot darker to me this one feels without hope in a sense like you you know sarah is going to die Nothing's gonna become of her story. She she's gonna she's gonna die. Period. Uh, Bane is likely done. Right. Uh, it's it's a lot of uh, basically. There's no hope. the The Sith are continuing. Uh, the the person who was supposed to be the protagonist, right? In my opinion, uh, ended up dead. Uh, with no future. No, you know, she wasn't gonna become a Jedi not a healer just no no future for her and that that's the most like evil thing ever um to rob somebody of 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 that future of their future and it it didn't quite it 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 was it was a a book that that put you in a place of 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 fear or or at least thinking about it thinking about oh man imagine if this huntress was just playing with your emotions in the worst way you know in the worst way possible like oh your dog it accidentally escaped and there's a giant tractor out there and your whole family's in a car and like it's it's not just a little thing it's like (laughs) it's a pretty drastic betrayal for instance um it definitely got you feeling a lot of emotions of of what essence transfer takes and and how that went and how that felt that must have felt an instant of of pain uh, I thought it was sticking the landing, at least at the end. I thought that last yeah. chapter of the the battle and the culmination yeah. of the two of them and the essence transfer, I thought that was sticking the landing. I didn't think that the whole book, every page, every chapter was yeah. as cohesive and coherent as the other two books. Nothing nothing like the first one, in my opinion. The first one's a masterpiece. It mm-hmm. introduces you to Bane and you see him rise through the mm-hmm. ranks of evil mm-hmm. and, and he's at his the top mm-hmm. of his game. So I've got some disagreement here. Yeah, so Freddie, you say one is superior to, and this then how do you is, rank two and three? What is the one under masterpiece? Incredible. Incredible. This is an incredible book. It is absolutely incredible, but 
you know, the first book to me is the best one of the trilogy. So I have to give that one. The so that's one. Title. So how do you, how do you rank the next two? Give us your order. Um, we got some of this happening in the chat. Skuma Joe says, uh, for me, it's one is superior to two to three. Uh, Justin says it's three, one, two. I say two, one, three. We've got some real disagreement happening here. Freddie, you've got what? I'd have to say Rick, what Rick put in the chat is one, three, two. Mm-hmm. One, Same. three, two. Okay. You yeah. guys are ranking my favorite as the worst of the trilogy. It's, I mean, it's not a bad book by any means. It's sure. still a no, great yeah. book. Yeah. He did just, write it, it in a huge rush. Darth um, Donatello is not my favorite. We've been over this. Who's what? Remember the the what's it called? Orbalisk? Like the oh, I, yeah. I, I pictured a big turtle <laughs> shell. Sure, the turtle and shell. so in my head it was Darth Donatello the whole time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that one was an interesting twist. What a sick, like I love how Drew Carperson like really explores the range of evil. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got like weird parasitic, mm. like kind of give you power but kind of leech the life out of you and then you have like yeah, Sith yeah. sorcery and alchemy and like he literally wrote the book on it like he just invented the dark side basically yeah. and wow, totally. how it has this whole range that you don't see in canon at all yeah i, just, I love it some of it lately with the high republic some, some more yeah. inventive original storytelling with mm-hmm. the villains mm-hmm. and with the four specifically that's true that's true martian rose like He's, yeah, pretty, he's pretty low. Twisted, twisted stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Freddie's going to know what we're talking about one of these days. He's going to have to <laughs> transfer his consciousness to another uh, fleshy husk in order to actually ever get to the High Republic. But uh, <laughs> by the time he does, he'll know what we're talking about. Well, uh, all right. So, real quickly around the horn, your rankings. We've got Freddie and Rick agreeing at uh, what was the order there? One, one three, two. Three, one, two. Three, and then two. Emily, yours was what? One, three, two. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, you know what, I can be, I'll be let, the let only me... one that's right if I have to be. That's fine. Go ahead, Jared. Before, after you're done, I have a little uh, bo- uh, soapbox. To no, I already gave mine. Uh, two, one, okay. three. Okay, two, one, three. Okay, so so here's the thing. These books are all very, very good. These books are all relatively close to masterpiece. So we're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> at least not, not on my end. I'm not saying any of these are bad yeah. at, at all. And, and it really depends on what you like. For instance, the first book, the reason why I liked that one so much, and it's number one for me, is because I'm a martial artist. I love martial arts. I've been doing it my whole life. Judo, karate. Mm. Incredible uh, battles. Eskrima. Yeah. Yeah. And, and seeing that written, you know, Bane learning uh, a sword martial art and, and going through that and putting my experience of learning martial arts and how frustrating it can be. And, and just, you know, trying to master it is, is very difficult. Your foot has to be in the right placement. Your head has to be looking in the right direction. Your other foot has to be pointing in the right direction and you have to be facing forward or to the back. And you, you know, it's very technical and seeing that made me like that a lot. And so that's why I put that at a number one, not saying that the writing was any better. It's all just personal. Personally. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Okay. Number one. Okay. Well, I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this, especially if you agree with me that uh, this is the worst of the trilogy. However, one of the best Star Wars books, which is saying a lot of just how immaculate this trilogy trilogy is. is incredible. And it's been a pleasure to cover it. And I'm going to have to read Power Ranger comics all day tomorrow to (laughs) cleanse my palate from the dark, uh, evil 
uh, book that this was. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Rick. I just to say, yeah, the the re-readability of this trilogy is what makes it a masterpiece. Um, the fact that we can read it again and again and still find new things. We definitely need to take some breaks and read something nice and happy in between. But uh, yeah, it's a, a great, great trilogy. And there's bits and pieces that I absolutely love on all three books for sure. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you everybody for joining us here live in the chat. It's really been hopping tonight. I had a lot of fun. I've enjoyed hearing your opinions, your thoughts, and especially those who have agreed with me. Hey, if you want to hear about some other kinds of content coming up on Monday night, we've got the second part of the Brotherhood Roundtable happening on the Living Force. On Wednesday night, the Greg Pack Spotlight. Can't remember if that's a writer or an author, but you know what? I'll know on Wednesday when I watch that one live. And then our next episode of Legends Look Back, Sans, Rick, and Emily Woo, it's we're gonna have to find some new apprentices we thankfully we talked about how to recruit them <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about the best book covers in the history of star wars legends so guys you'll at least have to give us your picks before say, uh before the back backside of... no wait save it save it save it and i'm not gonna uh, be oh, here oh show us what is, you've nah, got freddie's got it right there the backside of uh episode one with Watto staring at freddie this entire episode has been very unnerving <laughs> yeah oh my goodness that's somebody joined the my chat earlier cover. and said something about it yeah there I it is like, yeah, I, what thought, are they I saw the about? water earlier <laughs> chose to ignore it yeah your powers don't work on me <laughs> <laughs> only money and speaking of which thank you to our incredible patrons for your amazing support a special thank you to brian dooley earl q patrick ortiz and carl sander as on the jedi high council as well as Matt Billington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on the Alliance High Command. Remember, everybody, to sub to the channel. Leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. And, of course, if you would like your thoughts. Someone said thoughts and prayers. What a week I've had. Uh, if you want your thoughts read I mean, on... we'll, we'll take prayers, too. Let us know. <laughs> in DMs, please. Uh, if you want your thoughts read on the show, you can email us at legendslookbackutini.com. Send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Leave a comment on this episode on YouTube, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Jared Q. Mays. Freddie. At Wake Up Freddie. Rick. At Rick underscore Grace. Emily. At Darth Daybeck. Or the podcast proper at Legends Look Back. If you're looking to buy some of the books, such as the Essential Legends Collection copy of Darth Bane Dynasty of Evil with that delicious art by Simon Goinyard, or not that one, Freddie. I don't think they can buy the <laughs> those suckers. You got to go to the thrift bookstore to find. Uh, of course, you can go on over to Eugene.com, click the Amazon link in the profile, and we get a few cents to help keep the lights on, and you get an amazing book depending on what book you buy, whether or not it's amazing. But after you've read it, hey, you can leave us a review and let us know what you think. Was it amazing? Was it not? Somewhere in the middle. And of course, no matter how many, no matter how you rank it, make sure that when you do, to keep the Utini fan code and to be a force of positivity in the fandom. It's been a lot of fun. You guys have a good one. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast. <laughs>